What's up, everybody? This is Dakota from Dega Bidets. Just wanted to jump on here and, and give a shout out to everybody that's been so supportive of the podcast and sent me messages over the previous couple of months. And just want to personally say thank you so much. And it means so much to me to be able to hear from you guys and, and what this podcast is doing for you. Um, I really appreciate it. If you want to leave a voice message, you can actually go either on the Anchor website or Anchor app, and you can go to the Toy Photo Cast podcast page, and you can leave a voice message, and we'll put that on on the future episodes just to be able to hear from people like yourself that are listening to this, and uh, if it means something to you. Um, I really appreciate every single person that's uh, that's reaching out. So thank you so much, and we're going to keep it coming. So get ready for an epic uh, an, an epic episode with uh, Mr. Dan Leonard. Stay right there. What's up, everybody? This is another episode of Toy Photocast with the one, the only Mr. Dan Leonard on the other line. What's up, Dan? How you doing? I'm really good, man. How are you? Doing great. I am excited to get this conversation kicked off and get to pick your brain a little bit and get to know you more. Um, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, man. It's, good. it's uh, yeah, re- really glad you've had me on. And yeah, really honored to be because um, I've been listening to the show uh, over the last couple of months. And like you've had some of my favorite artists on there. And we'll go on to that in, in a minute, I'm sure. But yeah, it's a real honor to be, to be part of this. I'm glad to have you on, man. And your Instagram name is Tiny Epic Photos for everybody that doesn't know Mr. Dan. So I forgot to mention that. But how long have you been doing toy photography for? Um, so probably been about four or five years, uh, sort of over that sort of time. And it sort of started out as I'd, you know, just take some macro shots of some Lego Lego figures and post them on my personal account. And that ha- that went on for like the occasionally every sort of month or so like over about three years and then like a couple of years ago um like i guess january 2018 mm-hmm. i just decided you know i re- it was something i really enjoyed and i wanted to invest more time in so i set up the tony epic photos account and i just went in like two feet first and just just couldn't stop taking pictures for for about a month so what's your background i know that uh i know what you do uh professionally but for everybody listening what do you do uh, that kind of helps you with your toy photography uh so i started out um sort of working in film and television so i in my teens uh my mum worked at a tv production company um and i'd spend my summers just sort of running around with camera guys and hanging around in the edit suites annoying everyone i just sort of fell in love with that kind of environment and mm-hmm. so I went on to university and studied filmmaking. And that's where I really sort of got taught how to like things. And, you know, I'd studied photography in the past as well. Um, and, yeah, everything sort of started to come together during during that filmmaking course. And I just really fell in love with sort of cinema. And and that's sort of where my style comes from. Uh, well, what's, what's your favorite movie, man? My favorite movie? Uh, yeah. That's a tricky one. <laughs> a list of like top five that is constantly changing. Okay. So you're looking at like Blade Runner, Alien, Shaun of the Dead, Die Hard, something else. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums. 
Um, the original Blade Runner? That when you said Blade Runner? Blade Runner okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Though 2049 is still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sort of, so after sort of leaving university, sort of, I've worked as like a freelance filmmaker and video editor and an animator. And mm. uh, I've sort of done photography throughout that time. And yeah, I guess eight years after leaving university, I bought myself a proper, you know, my first digital DSLR and got really into macro photography. I was just going to ask, because I've, I've never had anybody that's like been in your background and have your kind of expertise, but do you feel like having that background helps you or does it hinder you in toy photography? Like, do you get in your own head sometimes too much because you know so much or do you feel like it helps you creatively? I, it helps creatively because I can imagine the images okay. uh, in a sort of cinematic way. But it has taken like the last, and I'm still not there, it has taken like two years to sort of get to the point where I am where I can sort of almost create the images that are in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a completely different discipline of, you know, shrinking everything down. And, you know, whilst I've got the the knowledge of lighting setups and how to light things, like working on that scale is very, very different. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And, and you know, creating those, you know, or trying to create cinematic images is, you know, something that I, I really strive for and really enjoy. I love your work, man. Your light, like you said, you mentioned your lighting before, and that's something that always strikes me as one of your, the most signature elements of your toy photography is your lighting. It's so beautiful. Oh, and you. you're welcome, man. And I really appreciate how much attention and how much detail you spend on the lighting. It's really, really remarkable. So kudos to you, sir. Thanks, man. Uh, it's something I, I really obsess up. And I, you know, I really enjoy getting that lighting right. I feel like a good lit, a well-lit photo can sometimes like be more interesting than like the most perfectly framed, the most perfectly posed toy photo. But if you have a well-lit photo, it can trump like any other photo. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, that's what I love seeing in photos as well. And, you know, there's, there's lo- lots of, you know, other artists that I look at and go, I, I want to try that style. And I, I notice what they're doing with their lights and stuff. And, you know, I try and emulate their skills. Well, let's talk about that. Who are some of your biggest inspirations? Um, going back to sort of like when I started, like I started following uh, Johnny Wu um, and uh, Captain Dangerous and mm-hmm. then discovered like Nose Rain and Ayavuatu um, and Tuscan Milk Bar, you know, all those guys who, and I still really look up to their work. Um, and yeah just just being able to see that behind the scenes you know i, I got myself a uh, sergeant Bernard's book and this is when I, I just sort of first started and i was sort of in a rut mm-hmm. and sort of reading through his book and like the back section is just full of tips on how to do practical effects and it really just like hit me it's like oh okay that's not an impossible thing to do Nice. Um, and spent like a couple of weekends just going, look, just throwing flour and water and, you know, all other kinds of things I could get my hands on at toys and just being, you know, starting to get quite addicted to to that. Um, because that's always really satisfying. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing 
the the reach that Johnny has and the amount of people that he's influenced. It's it always blows me away every time someone comes on the show. He's always uh, somebody's. He always inspires us. Inspires us also. Thank you, Mr. Johnny. Yeah, and you know the uh, sort of the, the real benchmark in sort of my time as a like early on was I just left a comment on one of his photos that was just like, "Hey, I really like your work." Um, sort of be really interested to see what you think of mine uh feel free to like pop by my profile sometime and uh never expected to hear anything uh and like a like a week later i got like a dm just you know of him just saying hey i thought i'd you know take a look and you know it was it was one of those like real talk to your hero moments Mm -hmm. that's awesome wow yeah he's man he's so down to earth it's incredible he's he's just a normal guy like all the rest of us but he He's on another level when it comes to his art, for sure. Yeah. So now that we've kind of like got the inspirations that you have, and I can definitely see those people that inspire you, mm-hmm. like like you said, Nose Rain and Iowa Watu, and uh, you also said Captain Dangerous, and they mm-hmm. all are like known for their lighting. Like they're yep. just they're so precise and and obsessive over their lighting so i can see those inspirations definitely for sure so how do you feel like your photos have changed though since you first started out and i know that you have that filmmaker background but you said that you now can get what's in your mind almost to the screen like how do you feel like it's changed and what do you feel like your improvements have been so when i started i went at things very very practically like you know i I used that knowledge that i had as a filmmaker to be like, right, well, these are my resources. I have, you know, I've got these digital screens. I can use like a tablet as like a backdrop and stuff like that. Uh, I hadn't, you know, even considered dioramas or anything like that because that seemed insane at the time. So I was just putting figures in like light boxes and using uh, like digioramas sort of behind them. And it was all very static and very, I couldn't get the lighting to match and things like that. So I, Mm -hmm. Once I started using practical effects, I just completely dropped like using those digioramas and, and was just like, right, well, I need to build this from the ground up. I need to, you know, rethink how I'm doing things because, you know, it is a completely different discipline, as I said earlier. And I started grabbing things from like the kitchen, very similar to um, what Paul said the other week is mm-hmm. you know, just grabbing anything with an interesting texture because at that scale, you know, you, you can make a pan look like a really cool like space backdrop oh yeah so i started doing that and then i invested more in diorama stuff and started thinking about snow backdrops and you know i build all my own sets now um just out of like aquarium furniture uh it's another thing i picked up from someone and yeah it's it's just a, a really nice thing to build a scene rather than just you know stick a figure in front of the digital screen it brings it to life. It really does. Because yeah. when you see those those figures and they're in scale with the environments and being able to sell the image and make it look lifelike, I think that's what all of us strive to do is to make it look like uh, lifelike. Yeah, completely. And and that is, is one of the sort of the real sort of like soul lifting things that I find whilst doing toy photography is looking into the camera and seeing and it not being a figure anymore. It's a, mm. it's a character. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it looks like a, you know, a person or, you know, whatever it's supposed to be, whatever character it's supposed to be. I agree. 
So do you enjoy it more now than the, than you did when you first started out? Like, how do you feel about that? I think in a different way. Like when I first started out, I couldn't stop shooting. Mm. Like uh, I would sit for like an entire day just with like a, a pile of new figures because I hadn't really collected anything before. I had the odd figure and the odd bit of like Lego set and stuff. Mm-hmm. But before I started like really went dived into toy photography, I hadn't really collected. So in the, those first couple of months, I was just buying up everything I could, anything that took my fancy. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit with a pile of new figures and I'd just like put them on a table in front of me and I'd work out sort of the best way to shoot them and light them. And, you know, I'd spend an entire day just just behind the camera. Um, and then I'd spend another day just editing. Um, and I've really slowed down that process um, to sort of maybe shooting one image every couple of days, but really, you know, taking my time over it. Um, and I really enjoyed you know, I really enjoyed doing that back then because it was also new and really exciting. And now I really enjoy just, you know, taking my time over something and, and making it the image that I want it to be. I can totally see that. So how important is it to you to kind of convey a story or to tell a story in your images? Because I, when I when I see your stuff, you're always like telling some sort of story or it's like in the middle of a scene of a movie because that's kind of your background. Like, is it important to you to do that? Uh, I think it depends on the figure. Um, okay. Like, because there's, and we'll go into the aspects of sort of, I will try and capture emotions in my work, and that's more for the, the sort of the mental health awareness stuff mm. to talk about later on. But yeah, when I find, like, I'll see a figure or I buy a figure and I'll, you know, I'll think about how best to photograph it. And if that figure comes with emotions, it's really cool because you can, you know, sit it and pose it and, set it in a scene that you know like you say is in the middle of a film or if it just looks really cool and it's you know you can you can create something quite physical and quite you know kinetic uh just by just through the poses um and just create a really really cool action scene Mm -hmm. so it really depends on the sort of the inspiration i can pull from the figure as to sort of how i approach how i set up a scene Gotcha. So you said when you first started out that you were just kind of a, setting everything up and trying to figure out the best way to shoot it. Like, and I know that you now, you said you've slowed down your process, but like, mm-hmm. how long does it take? Like, if you can give like an estimate of like, you got a shot in your mind and you want to, you want to get it done and shoot it and then edit it. Like, what's your time frame for you to post? I mean, sometimes it will take months for me to get an idea. Like, cause I'll, I'll have an idea in my head and then I'll be like, right, well, I need to buy these extra bits or I need to build these extra bits. Um, But once I I have all those pieces together and I start setting it up, it probably take me anywhere between four to six hours, I reckon, uh, from starting the setup to finishing the edit and posting. Wow. Do you post like the day that you shoot or do you kind of like sit on it and wait? I will usually post the day that I shoot. Okay. Uh, I didn't used to. I used to overthink my images. So mm-hmm. I would get stuck in a rut on an edit or while shooting something and be, you know, I'd get really down on it. But now I see Instagram as sort of like a scrapbook, mm. you know, a sketchbook. So, like, if I make mistakes, if there's something I don't like, I'll still post because 
you know, I, I'll learn from those mistakes and not make them next time. But gotcha. there's no point in putting a load of work into something and not sharing it. Yeah. Because whilst I can, you know, see a lot of the mistakes in that, that picture, maybe other people won't. True. I feel like sometimes the, the photos I dislike the most sometimes get the most engagement. I don't know if that happens to you, but it happens yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. It's like, why is this getting all these likes and comments? I, I know. Trash. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. That's like a weird phenomenon. I don't know what it is. But I think I think it's really important to post. And, you know, if I do post something that I don't quite like, I'll say why I don't quite like it. Um, yeah. Because then maybe someone else will learn from that as well. Nice. I I love that. That That's good because it kind of frees you up. And it's good to have that excellent mindset and to mm -hmm. trying to do the best that you can. But don't be such a perfectionist that you are afraid to post what you've been working on. Yeah, no, completely. Because, um, yeah. I mean, Instagram is such a flippant thing anyway. You know, mm -hmm. once you've posted another four images, that one may as well not exist anymore. I know. it. It's weird how like at least i do this i try my best to go down and see like at least 20 to 30 photos like mm -hmm. whenever whenever i'm following stuff but i won't go past that mark like i i just kind of like i don't know if it's my attention span or i just like think of something else and i'll just like go down a rabbit hole but like it's kind of true like at, at a certain point like you don't really see the older work so it's like why would you stress so much about it if you know like if no one's going to see it in like two or three weeks or something like that. Yeah. No, it's, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things and you know, everyone's different. I, you know, I wouldn't ever judge someone for being like, no, I'm not going to post that. So we all have right. our processes. We all do. That is for sure. What's your favorite line of figures to shoot and why? Um, I think that it depends what mood I'm in. Um, it depends sort of what, like, I think in the summer I was really in a sort of Marvel legends sort of, uh, X-Men mood um, mm -hmm. uh, shot a load of Infinity War stuff as well at the moment I'm in full Star Wars hype so mm -hmm. I'm enjoying shooting Mandalorian figures and uh, Jedi Fallen Order figures um, and just yeah really looking forward to um, Rise of Skywalker so yeah that's sort of where my brain's at at the moment I'm the same way like I feel like whatever's currently like the pop culture phenomenon at the moment i'm totally influenced by that and i i try my best to like not be but i if i if it's star wars season i'm just full-on star wars like i can't not think of star wars but if it's like batman season or like you know what i'm saying like like yeah, yeah. i try but I, i'm such a consumer when it comes to that media like i just i get so obsessed i'm a sucker for it like any time the <laughs> star wars stuff i'm just like i won't get no, it won't catch me. It won't catch me. And then, like two weeks later, I'm like, I'm, I'm all about this. This yep. is me. Me too, man. I, I, I just love enjoying Star Wars. Have you seen the Mandalorian? All we the may go off the record on this. Okay, sure. I've seen it's... everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't blame you, man, because I don't understand. I don't understand why they had to like have a. Do you, a do you know why? View. they had to do that uh, you know, we have like rupert murdoch sky who has so much license like like contracted licensing of disney films and properties at the moment and they can't get out of that until march okay that's apparently the reason it's so stupid man i don't get it like 
as Star Wars fans, like we all need to experience this as, as a community. And for y'all, like not to be able to experience it with the rest of the world, it's like this is this is not fair. No, uh, but yeah, no. I've the only I haven't seen the current episode, but I've seen you know one to four, and absolutely loved it. It's the best Star Wars has ever looked. It's so good. And okay, I don't want to get into episode five yet because you haven't seen it. But man, it's getting better every episode. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, episode four was a, a real sort of pull me back to Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed that kind of. It was a very different feel for that episode because them doing that kind of what's the I can't even remember the name of the movie I was trying to reference, but it's it's very much Western feel and them kind of there's learning. a lot of Sergio Leone in there. There's a lot yeah. of power. Um, and yeah, that that episode four with the the tribe, it was straight out of Seven Samurai. It was yep. it was brilliant. Thank you, thank you so much. Because I was literally like my mind was going blank, but I just I can't get enough, man. And I I wish the episodes were longer, but I, that's my only gripe. Like I yep. wish they were like twenty to thirty minutes longer. But at the same time, they're so good. It's like it's hard to complain. It really is, and like we make an event out of it. We got like our neighbors over. Nice. Uh, my girlfriend's from the states, um, so we're using her like. Oh, uh, you like, can use her VPN. Can you? Can you can like VPN? And her brother has set us up like a family bundle type thing, and that's yeah. smart. Um, so we have a screening of that every weekend. Um, so I'm just waiting for my neighbors to come back. So we nice. can watch. Yeah, that's awesome. Making an event of it. I I can't like I. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I literally stay up because it, it releases at 3 a.m. on Thursday night over here, and I literally stay up till 3 a.m. to watch it. <laughs> I would do the same. I would absolutely do the same. And then I rewatch it again the next day when I'm actually not tired. <laughs> and that's the thing with it being so short. You can watch it. You just keep watching it. And um, yeah, my last Mandalorian shot that I did uh, was very much based on that kind of uh rescue mission in uh in episode three is that a is that a yoda like a lego yoda it is a lego yoda oh that looks so good when you use that yeah no it was um it was like i I saw it the other day on my shelf and was like that's a small yoda head i can use that nice yeah because there's a lot of customizers out there doing like uh, like custom Yodas and you mm-hmm. know, paint, painted statues and stuff. So I, I was curious if you somehow had got that or if that was a Lego, but that's really genius to use a Lego Yoda. Yeah, no, the Lego Yoda, bit of blue tech and yeah, just some fabric. And it, it sort of, it sells that moment. Um, it's not good for much else, but yeah, it works, works in that case. So I'm curious, man, how do you see yourself as a toy photographer? Like, do you kind of view yourself as an artist or is this like, is this, are you just a hobbyist? It's just your hobby. Like, how do you see this, this outlet and does it affect you the way that you see it? I don't know. Um, I'm very much a hobbyist. It's um, how I use this is a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very cathartic experience for me. Uh, toy mm-hmm. photography. As soon as I, cause uh, I was in a real low point a couple of years ago. I'd sort of walked away from a big contract um, on my terms, but it was still it still kind of sucked to be sort of now sort of freelance without much work um, mm-hmm. and kind of a little bit lost, knowing that I would probably 
I, I needed to put more focus into what I wanted to do and work wasn't really doing it for me in terms of like getting all that creative sort of yearning out and you know creating things that I, I really enjoyed so yeah I, I, I sort of dove into toy photography and yeah just got so much out of it and it became this this real experience that that elevated um everything else I did as well because it, it it just sort of opened my mind and just keeps me creative and it it helps my other work um in sort of just ideas generation and just just giving myself a little bit of a break from from staring at you know one screen creating animations and just you know going into the other corner of my office and, and staring at some figures for a bit that's awesome man so let's talk about your project with toys in mind you started this a while ago i feel like what what was the time frame that you started with toys in mind and, and tell everybody what's it about so i started with toys in mind in i think june 2018 um it was something i came up across uh again um Work was really slow, but, you know, I wasn't struggling as much. Um, I just wanted a bit of a project to take my mind off uh, that, that gap um, and, to, and to put some real focus into something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, upon, upon thinking about what I could do, I'd been a toy photographer for about five months. And I'd... I, you know, I, I, I struggle a lot with mental health, uh, yeah. with, with depression and anxiety. And I've been really passionate about sort of getting well and better for the past six, seven years. Um, I felt that I could, I could probably incorporate that into my work somehow. Um, so I had a bit of a think. I talked with my partner and, you know, she thought it was a really good idea to sort of try and incorporate um mental health awareness into my toy photography and then you know within those five months i'd i'd find myself within this large community of people that were really friendly they were really supportive um i thought you know it might be you know advantageous to to get other people involved so i started the hashtag with toys in mind um and it went a bit crazy um i encourage people to sort of you know take pictures with their toys to sort of express emotions or situations revolving around mental illness and mental health awareness and yeah everyone got on board uh well i say everyone a lot of people got on board um and you know up to now i think there's like over eight thousand pictures using the tag and wow. i've had to set up its own account and I mean, I'm taking a bit of a break from it at the moment, um, just because everything's gotten a little bit busy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm hoping to sort of get back on it in the new year. And, you know, there'll be some uh, some new sort of monthly themes that I'll be asking people to get involved with. And um, hopefully a few few bigger projects. Last year, we um, I worked with uh, Jacket X Collective to, to put together a sort of anthology book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we put that together, we had 10 artists involved, and I'm going to have to pull up their names because I don't want to forget anyone. So we had uh, Tom, Ivo Artu, um, we had Captain Dangerous, 
and we had Janan, Spidey Goes Heeg, um, and I'm just going to find their names. Bear That's all right. Me. We got time. Yeah, so we, uh, me and Jack put this together as the book uh, with Toys of Mind Anthology and um, worked with 10 artists and myself. Um, so there was Bijex Photo, Elliot, Brian, uh, Captain Dangerous, uh, Keely, uh, Tom, Ivoatu, Eva, Greater Beast, uh, Inspired by Andre, it's a great guy called Nick, who everyone should follow, um, Miss Binkaboo, um, Dennis at uh, Pepito Carnavalge, I can never pronounce it, uh, Pepito Carnavalge, um, Shelley Colbert Photography, uh, Some Wild Figures, and uh, Spidey Goes Heeg. Um, and it was a fantastic experience just working with those 10 people who I really admire as toy photographers. Um, and just as people in general, you know, they, they really got on board. Um, I put together some themes for them or like, like Tom, man, Ivoatu, he just, he, he went, Dan, I want to do this. I want to talk about um, my ADHD. I want to talk um, about anxiety. I want to put together all these images for you. And, you know, I didn't expect that much. I was mm. like, we'll just, you know, use the images you already, you've already created because they're great anyway. And, um, you know, if you want to just write a little something, but everyone went like 110% at it. And yeah, it's, it's one of my proudest achievements. And we put that together and uh, over a two week sales period in September, we, um, we made, I think it was like 1200 um, pounds for Samaritans in the UK. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's honestly like, I have to sort of pinch myself to, you know, I have a book and, you know, we have a book and all these great artists are involved and I have, you know, there's all these great pictures that they, they've contributed and are now sharing online. And yeah, it's, it's such a nice thing to do. How does it make you feel to know that you kind of started that movement and that you are like, kind of like the, the leader of that movement? How does it make you feel? Has it helped you with your mental health? Oh, it has really helped me with my mental health because, you know, a lot of people with mental health think they're going through this alone. And mm. that's, you know, it's the nature of depression is it isolates you. It, it makes you feel like there's no one else around who can help. So when you see and read the, the captions on people's images uh, that they're going through the same thing, you know, it, it fights that. It's amazing. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get right back with Mr. Dan Leonard at Tiny Epic Photos. Stay right there. So welcome back, everybody, to the Toy Photo Cast with Mr. Dan Leonard, a.k.a. Tiny Epic Photos. Welcome back. Hello. Great to have you on the show, man. I've been enjoying this conversation and I know the people listening definitely are gaining some insight and wisdom from you, sir. Me too. No, it's, it's been really fun. It has been. So do you have any big moments in your journey as a toy photographer? Like, do you have any wins, I like to call it, or any pinch me moments? 
I mean, the the creating the book with Jacket X Clue was really good. Um, that's my big win. That's my if I stop doing toy photography tomorrow, that's the my swan song, as it were. Awesome. Do you have uh, any? Do you have not, any? Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, another win. What was it? One of the weirdest things and one of my favorite moments was I took a picture back when I still collected um, Funko Pops of the Jeff Goldblum, the sexy Jeff Goldblum lay down in Jurassic Park pop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jeff Goldblum liked that photo. No way. Yeah. I'm just like, that's me done. <laughs> done. So that was pretty incredible. But uh, other than that, no, no huge wins. But I think, I think, yeah, creating a book and, you know, creating awareness around, you know, mental illness and being able to give to charity is, you know, pretty substantial for me. That's massive, man. Like not many people can say they've created a book. No. And, you know, it wasn't just me, you know, there's, um, Jacket actually did a, an amazing job and the 10 artists involved just, yeah, as I said, gave 110% and every one of their words and every one of their photos, you know, I, the, I can't express deeply enough how thankful I am for them. Um, and also Eva, um, who hasn't got enough thanks for this because um, she just isn't around as much. Um, but yeah, uh, Greater Beast, Eva at Greater Beast, she edited it alongside me and did a fantastic job of just keeping me very level-headed and, you know, making sure I, I focused on what was important. That's awesome. Shout out to Greater Beast. All right. Do you have any regrets that you look back and you're like, man, I wish I didn't do that or I wish I didn't say that? Like, I don't, we, we never really talk about this in the podcast, but do you have any moments you're like, man, I probably shouldn't have done that? Uh, regrets. There were two giant jobs that came up and I can't, I had to sign NDAs for them. Uh, they were that big. Um, wow. That I didn't take because I didn't think I was good enough. I'd only been doing toy, in fact, I'd only been doing like photography seriously for like, nine months and these two giant companies came to me and just went hey do you want to do these national ad campaigns i just went no no i i, I can't do that i have like one lens and i work in like the corner of my you know office i that's no um but i wish i'd had the confidence to sort of step up and just be like yeah i can do that wow can you can you like say who they were or no i can't at all but they were like one of the biggest companies in the world um and also like one of the biggest like confectionery companies in the world that's insane uh, well, maybe they'll come back one day and give you another shot maybe um but yeah no i i, I left things good with them and i said if they needed, needed anything that was you know in the future um and i keep them up to date with things but um yeah no i, w I wish i'd had i'd been a bit more confident on that but Mm. yeah um yeah the concepts they brought forward were were very out of my my comfort zone at the time oh really mm -hmm. was it beyond your expertise as a photographer or was it just like you didn't have the mental like you didn't you weren't confident in your skills at that time it was a little bit of both there was a lot of stuff that was you know I'd, i would have had to like really experiment and really work on and you know having my day job as a an animator and a filmmaker like i know that going into those you know big media events you can't blag it 
Mm. There are many people who try, and you can always tell at the end. Yeah. So I, I, di- I didn't want to, you know, go in there half cocked. Maybe it was a good thing that you kind of knew that going into that you didn't produce like work that they were wouldn't be like happy with, and like maybe oh, it was that, a good that thing. Was my fear that was definitely my fear that I, you know, I wouldn't be able to, you know, elevate my work to that that station. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. So where do you want to see? Where do you want to be in ten years, and where do you see yourself? That's a big question. I I can barely see what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope to be still be learning and still um, still creating, still you know working on um, promoting positive mental health awareness. But no, I I I gave up on making plans in my twenties because they never come to be. And you know, sometimes just just going with the flow gets you to where you should be. Is there like a is there something in your toy photography journey that you have in mind that you haven't done yet, or maybe a a bucket shot that I like to call that you want to try to get to one day that maybe your skills aren't at? Like, is there something that you're working on? Um, can you share something like that? Um, I think diorama building and um. I know you. You, I, I could probably borrow some of your expertise at some point, um, but I'd really like to stop building bigger things because I'm I'm getting to a limit with the the props and stuff that I'm using. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I need to I need to go bigger. You know, if I want those Star Wars shots, I'm going to need to to build you know a cantina or you know a, a Tatooine street scene. Um, Do it. So I'm going to you know really focus on that next year, and it's going to probably take time away from from shooting but mm-hmm. i'm hoping it's gonna elevate my work um a lot more that's awesome man yeah i definitely can help you and i love just sharing the knowledge that i've learned and i don't consider myself the best diorama maker at all um but the things that i ha- the thing the things that i have learned like i've learned from people in this community and i can't take all the credit so that's the, the we all have i mean yeah. there's there's you know, I don't think any one of us could be, you know, say that everything we do have we could credit ourselves with. And that's the brilliant thing about this community is that we can all learn from each other. And we've got no issue, you know, saying this is the person who inspired me. Definitely. I'm inspired by uh three Leslie and his uh his uh is that how you say it? Three Leslie? I think so, yeah. And dude those dioramas are amazing. I love yeah. Tuscan Tuscan Milk Bar. Those dioramas, insane, just incredible. Yeah. Um, who else? I love their Star Wars stuff. Uh, Paul, I mean, Paul makes some really cool stuff too. He, he does, makes like really, you know, off the wall stuff that just creates some really, um, really original in- looking images. He does. Very it's unique. Very unique. His style is like so gritty. Mm-hmm. I love it. He's like a punk like yeah toy photographer he's got that old punk sort of wisdom he does he definitely does so what do you think the action figure community and the toy photography community needs to focus on and how can we be better humans just being nice to each other Mm -hmm. like i don't really encounter it i'm like i i only hear stories of the saltiness and um the sort of the 
the bitching through comments and DMs and stuff. I've never experienced it myself, quite thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're always going to get people on the internet who you're never going to agree with. Um, but yeah, I think just being nicer and being more supportive and, you know, understanding that, you know, maybe people's work shouldn't look like everyone else's, you know. Um, everyone has to have their own process. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether, you know, you're, you're just starting out or you're, you know, four or five years in, you know, we should, you know, all be trying to raise each other up. Definitely. I agree. I, I've been studying this thing called the reticular activating system in our brains where mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to me because our brains are, if we took in all the information that we had come across in a daily basis, our brains would explode if we retained it all. That's what I mean to say. Like if we retained every ounce of information that we read or process, like our brains will blow up. Like there's just so much. But what's interesting about the reticular activating system is there is a part in our brain that highlights certain things that like coincide and are congruent with our belief system. Yeah. So if like your behaviors are formed by your beliefs. So like, if you have a behavior, it's because you believe that to be true. So like your behaviors are basically just uh, extensions of your belief system. But anyway, so the reticular activating system is something that highlights, your brain highlights things that you believe. And so you you notice like, for instance, like a way that you can kind of like see that is like if you buy a vehicle and you own a vehicle, it's like I have a Mazda and Everywhere I go, I see that same Mazda because my brain highlights and I, it's important mm. to me and I see it. But before I bought that Mazda, I never saw that car. I never saw it anywhere because it wasn't important to me. And so my brain didn't highlight it. Yeah, like a cognitive bias. Exactly, like a cognitive bias. And so when people, and this is, or this is where I'm going with this, is when people uh, have like a negative view of something, Mm-hmm. It's because they're on the lookout for it and they are in congruence with it. So like, I don't see it either, man. Like I don't see the negativity. I don't, I don't like, it does happen. Like, yeah. like the people, the comments and all that stuff, like, but I don't choose to dwell on it and I don't choose to like make it a part of my existence. Like I have a zero tolerance for BS. Like I really oh. do zero tolerance. Um, But at the same time, like, I allow people who have issues to vent because I want, I want people to work through their stuff. But if people are just, if it's BS, zero tolerance, none. I I have so much I have to do and I I have just no time for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's just, I, I, you know, starting with toys and mind, starting a mental health like campaign, like project, I really expected to get some flack. Like I was fully prepared to be like destroyed by the internet really yeah and you know um, and that might have just been sort of my like you know anxiety um Mm -hmm. at the time but to my credit and to the project's credit and every you know the the community's credit like no one has really like there's been a couple of people who have you know made some uneducated comments but on the whole it's been received really positively and everyone's acted you know really respectfully towards it I think the spirit behind it is, is so like, it's just so noble. Like the thing that you're doing here, it's like you're trying to lift people up and to try to give them an outlet to be able to work through their, 
their mind and be able to articulate themselves in a way that they maybe never thought possible. And so I think the spirit behind it is it it's nothing but good. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think like you're not trying to make anybody leave the with toys in mind movement in, in a darker place. Like you're you're just trying to uplift people. So that I think was, that's that was definitely something I sort of set out from the start was to create something positive and only treat it in a positive light. Yeah. Um so you know we talk about some darker issues and the, you know people post about you know being in some very dark places but at the end of the day you know they're doing that for a good reason exactly exactly so do you have any uh any tips for people to kind of keep your mental fitness and to kind of work on yourself like what are some things that you do to kind of stay on top of that um as you say you know your be- your behaviors are tied into your beliefs um so I always check, you know, I always check my behaviors and, you know, I reflect on my actions, good and bad. Um, and, you know, just just making sure I'm on top of things. And, you know, the only way we can grow as people, grow as a society is, you know, is to carry on learning. And, you know, sometimes that learning is hard. Sometimes that learning, you know, contrasts your beliefs. And that's not a bad thing um you know and it's it's just about becoming a better person Mm. do you feel like you have over the the course of your journey as a toy photographer um certainly over you know the course of sort of my recovery from you know like being in a really dark place sort of five six years ago um and toy photography has really helped um sort of with that but yeah certainly uh learning and unlearning behaviors you know uh becoming more self-aware um just going a little bit easier on myself that's so important man like and i'm glad that people are able to understand that like and be able to hear that from someone like you is like you got to like give yourself a break sometimes and and learn to um appreciate yourself completely you know we're all human we all make mistakes um Mm -hmm. We all say and do things that we regret and, you know, depending on how horrible those things are, you know, we all also deserve forgiveness. Definitely. Do you have any tips for people that want to start doing toy photography um, that you could just kind of share? Yeah, um, just do it. Just if there's, you know, if you're drawn to it get any camera it could be you know a dslr it could be a phone camera it just could it could just be a, like a little point and shoot thing but you know get some toys put them in front of the lens see what works for you you know start small build big and yeah just make it just make it work for you and make sure you're 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 happy doing doing what you're doing i love that start small build big that's awesome dude Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thank you for just being so open about your journey and, and being able to share about uh, your process and everything that you do. And I just appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. I, that, that really means a lot. And it's, uh, it's been an absolute honor. Likewise, sir. So tell everybody where they can connect with you and with the Toys in Mind account. So you can find me uh, on Instagram and that's at tiny epic photos all one word um and similarly with the with toys in mind project that's also on instagram at with toys in mind all one word 
Awesome. And you can find me at Dagobah underscore days. And you can find the Mezco feature page at 1.12.collective. You can find the Toy Photocast at Toy Photocast on Instagram. And remember, everybody, we are storytellers. So get out there, tell your story, shoot some toys, have some fun. And remember, it's all about keeping the toys in mind with Mr. Dan Leonard. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>